Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, September 11th. This is On Deck. I'm Steven Nesbitt, and I'm joined, as always, by Levi Weaver. Levi, how was your weekend? I made my pitching debut this weekend in Sandlot Baseball, and I, uh, I came in with the bases loaded and one out in the inning, and I proceeded to get a comebacker to the mound for the first out, grounded a third for the second out. I escaped the jam. I was like, this pitching, pitching is actually easy. I don't know what everybody's talking about. Let's go. So yeah, that was my uh, my thing. The final line, the two, fireman. Final line nice. was two and two thirds innings pitch, ten runs on uh, eight hits and seven walks. So, and I would also like to point out that there is a five run mercy rule limit per inning. So I, ten runs over two and two thirds innings. It did not go well for me after that initial bit of success, but it was fun. I'm not a pitcher, it turns out. That's good. Well, for those who followed on. Our last, last episode, herd ball went well. Little Luke, two-year-old, got his a soccer debut. It went great. We met some new friends. We stayed on the field for most of the of the time, and we only picked up the ball in our hands every time down the pitch. So we're going to work on that part. But uh, had a good weekend. Two birthday parties this weekend. Wow. Wow. Two toddler birthday parties. You can't beat it. That's a lot. Levi, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, yeah. Today we are going to talk about how the Yankees season just keeps just misfiring something will happen you think it's going to be good and then it's not good and now jason dominguez has a torn ucl it looks like he's going to need tommy john surgery when are we going to evolve as a species into creatures who have ucls made of pure we're eating microplastics let's just make it out of plastic make it very strong durable yeah this is too many ucls they talk about the internal brace procedure. Can we get to a point where that just becomes like a, a biological thing? Like you you are born with an internal brace protecting that. I mean, baseball is important enough that we should really make some strides. Okay, joking aside, um, a brutal development for the Yankees. If you can, for a moment, Levi, imagine yourself to be a New York Yankees fan and experience Sunday through Hold their on. eyes. It's going to take me a minute to get into this mindset. Your New York Yankees, Levi. This is a disaster. This is the eight- worst thing to happen in the history of the New York Yankees. <laughs> fire Cashman. Fire Girardi. Fire Boone. Fire Spend more money. Donaldson. Fire Babe Ruth. Get them all out there, bums. It's over. It's over. Bums. Did it good? Do it good? Donaldson gone. Don't worry. You got him gone. So eight no-hit innings from Corbin Burns. And uh, they had nothing going. Absolutely nothing going. The Yankees had lost the series already. We're trying not to get swept. And they get no hit through nine innings, through 10 innings. And in the 11th inning, Oswaldo Cabrera breaks the no-no with um, a go-ahead, uh, I guess a game-tying RBI single, sends it to the 12th inning. Giancarlo Stanton ties it with a homer in the 12th inning to send it into the 13th inning, retied. And Kyle Higashioka, the backup backup catcher, now he's no longer Garrett Cole's personal catcher and is not even um, the guy getting the majority of the reps out there. Uh, now with some developmental time for the Yankees. He walks it off, dogpile, good times, until 
We get to the post-game press conference, and Aaron Boone announces Jason Dominguez, the 20-year-old from the Dominican, who has been hyped since he was 16 years old, drawing debut week comps to one Mickey Mantle, if you've ever heard of him. Debuted just over a week ago, went 8 for 31 with four homers and a stolen base, the youngest player since at least 1901 to homer four times in his first seven games, AL Player of the Week. All good things, except now, sort of the post-mortem, we look back and see Jason Dominguez was had an injured elbow over a week ago. So basically, right when he got to the majors. He said after the game, felt uh, some discomfort in his right elbow after the September 3rd game. Mind you, we are on September 10th as we speak, so exactly a week later. It was something that was bothering him, but he was able to play through it. He hit three of those four homers after he got that injury, and he just kind of got worse and worse. It sounded like stiffened up, got difficult to play through, and then he took batting practice on Sunday and just didn't have the pop, the oomph that he normally had they decided to scratch him get some imaging done and uh that's when fans found out after the game the scratching was not you know ankle sprain during batting practice it was not the stomach flu it was not even the uh right elbow inflammation that they had mentioned when he was scratched it was in fact a torn ucl he's going to need tommy john surgery he said he's going to get it as soon as possible and that usually carries with it nine or ten months levi uh, is a typical return for a position player it's been done quicker bryce harper came back and i think it was six but that's also coming back just to be a, a DH. Dominguez probably lined up to be the opening day center fielder for the Yankees in the post-Harrison um, Bader era here. And instead, the conservative guess, probably all-star break next year is when they're going to have the Martian back. And that's just a huge bummer because obviously they're playing with the string here. Their goal here is to, to be a 500 team because they haven't been below 500 since 1992, if you followed, which was way before Jason Dominguez was born. So the one thing they had to play for was developmental time and let this guy get a bunch of run, get five weeks of a chance for him to show off what he can do, have pitchers adjust to him, have him adjust to pitchers. And now it's, well, you had a great week, but what's now? You know, what next? What now? And now you're not going to see him to the middle of the next season when they certainly were going to compete, be part of this. And you got to figure out something in center field again. It's a real mess for the Yankees. I want to be careful how I phrase this because I'll just preface it with I don't I don't know anything about what it means to be a team head physician or trainer or anything. This is the second one of these this year that we've seen though where you know Anthony Rizzo had concussion problems and they just he just played for weeks and months I think until they kind of circled back and went actually this concussion from a while ago is still affecting you. Now we've got Jason Dominguez who had a torn UCL for over a week. And he was just playing through it. It's very possible that I'm just that's speaking out of ignorance here. And that's a normal set of circumstances to happen. I really don't know. But that is uh, that is some, a question that pops up in my mind. And I'm sure that there are listeners who are smarter than me who will be able to speak to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that aside, it's just, it's just crappy for Yankees fans. And, you know, listen, it's going to be very difficult for me to feel sorry for Yankees fans. They've had a lot of now really young Yankees fans. If you're, you know, 15 years old or younger, I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry that this is happening to your team, that they keep promising to be good and then not. And I'm sorry that your football team, the Dallas Cowboys, also keeps promising to be good and then not. But yeah, I mean, you know, any Yankees fan over the age of about 25, I don't I don't feel that bad for them. They've gotten to see their team succeed. So nobody feels bad for you. Just suck it up and yell about it. For tonight's exercise includes you in that camp. Over 25, I think? Barely. So we're going to see what happens there. At the moment, 
The headline at MLB.com reads, from nearly no hit to no quit. Doesn't quite feel that rosy MLB.com at the moment, but but I get it. The Yankees are, like I said, playing out the string. But Garrett Cole shoved again on Sunday. He's likely on his way to his first Cy Young. Four or five starts left. He's going up against Sonny Gray there. Um, currently 13-4, and 2-7-9 ERA and 30 starts, uh, 204 strikeouts and 187 uh, innings. Great news there. Bad news in the form of Luis Severino getting hurt after a really awful season. So the Yankees would like the season to be over, please. And they'd like to be somewhere in the 500s winning percentage, please. Let's take a look at our series of the week. Uh, let's, let's start with you, Stephen. Who you got? Well, I always go with the fish. So I'm going with the fish. Uh, mostly, to be honest, I'm going with Miami at Milwaukee because it's a four-game series that has some playoff implications. Now, the Milwaukee Brewers still in first place, 79-63 uh, at time of recording here Sunday night. They just took two or three from the Yanks, almost swept it. As we mentioned, almost no hit them. They're three up on the Cubs. So pretty comfortable here because I think the Cubs are still two up in the wild card. So that makes five games there. The Brewers are safe. And so I, I feel good about their standing. It's just more of, do they get that first place? Do they get the wild card? But Christian Yelich has been out the last two games with lower back soreness. You don't love that. But the implications come much more on the Marlins side. They are a half game out of the wild card. They just took two or three from the, the Phillies. Close games throughout on Sunday. Ranger Suarez or the Phillies took a no-no into the seventh. The Marlins Broke through later on. Brian De La Cruz hit the go-ahead uh, two-run homer, I believe it was. Listen, the Marlins are are figuring out somehow. They just lost Sandy Alcantara for the season, strain flexor. They lost uh, Jorge Soler for some time with a strained oblique. They are still 8-2 and two in spite of that in their last 10. They do not have a lot. Our fish are not blessed with a, a lineup like the Phillies, but they have Jake Berger who can do damage. Luis O'Reilly who can get on base better than anybody in baseball. Josh Bell, who's gotten better since coming over to Miami. Jazz Chisholm, he can steal, he can homer, he can play D, he can do everything once healthy. Jesus Sanchez can hit the long ball. And the rotation, even without Sandy Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young champ, Jesus Lazardo has been fantastic. Yuri Perez has been great. Braxton Garrett's been much better than a lot of people expected. And then you toss in Edward Cabrera, total like lottery ticket right now. He's walking way too many people. Listen to the Friday show with Keith Law to hear more about him. And then Johnny Cueto is, is their number five right now. It's going to be an interesting run the rest of the way. And I think this series goes a long way in determining if the Marlins can sneak into that playoff picture. The way it lines up before I hand it off to you, Levi, Burns went on Sunday. So that means uh, Brandon Woodruff goes Monday against Jesus Lazardo. Tuesday, Freddy Peralta, Edward Cabrera. Game three is Colin Ray against Braxton Garrett and Wade Miley in the finale against Yuri Perez. It's going to be a good one. I, I almost I almost feel like I lean, but w- the way the matchups line up, I almost lean Marlins on this one. So let's see, a series uh, on a team that you've talked about pretty frequently before. It's a four-game series with playoff implications. If that's the theme, I'm going to stick with it because the Rangers and the Blue Jays are also playing a four-game series. The Rangers are currently... Oh, yeah, and that team is a half game out on the wild card. The Rangers are a half game out in the wild card right now after their precipitous decline in the month of September. The vibes have been real bad in Texas lately. Currently, Toronto is in the second wild card position. They're a game up, so uh, at time of air... Actually, it'll be the same because these teams have all played already. The, the Blue Jays are 80-63, and 63. The Mariners are 79 and 64, and the Rangers are 78 
and 64. Now, the Rangers and Mariners are going to play seven more games before this season is over, so they can handle their business between each other. But between the Rangers and the Blue Jays right now, this is a very important series. The Blue Jays are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. The Rangers are 3-7. and seven. I think if you want to talk about momentum, the momentum is definitely in favor of the boys north of the border. I took a look at kind of the, the who's hot, who's not, which is always my favorite thing to do on these. Davis Schneider with 63 plate appearances. He's got a 1406 OPS with five home runs over the last 30 days. Brandon Belt, 61 plate appearances, 1006 OPS, six home runs. Danny Jansen, only 38 plate appearances in the last month, 1094. Meanwhile, the Rangers have two guys that have been absolutely on fire and with a much, well, it's significantly higher uh, sample size as well. Mitch Garver, 101 plate appearances, 1107 OPS with nine home runs. Corey Seager, 120 plate appearances, 968 OPS, has hit 10 home runs in his last 30 days. That man is playing with his hair on fire. The rest of the team, not so good. They just lost Adolis Garcia to a knee injury. They don't know if he'll be back before the end of the season. So, hey, here comes super prospect Evan Carter. Uh, Nathan Uvaldi is back to the bullpen now, or sorry, is back in the rotation now that sends Andrew Heaney to the bullpen. And then I took a look at the pitching. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi has continued to be very good. Bowden Francis, great out of the bullpen. The last month he's got a almost 12K per nine and a 0.69 walk per nine. Here's my fun little stat though. I have a list of Texas Rangers pitchers who over the last 30 days have a worse ERA than Austin Hedges. Austin Hedges, of course, is the Rangers' third or fourth catcher. He's also, uh, he had to pitch mop-up in two consecutive games for the Rangers when they were getting blown out against the Astros. Here are the pitchers who have a worse ERA than Austin Hedges in the last 30 days. Will Smith, that's their closer. Dane Dunning, that's one of their starting pitchers. Glenn Otto, he's been designated for assignment. Nathan Uvalde, he's a starter. Brock Burke, who was one of their top bullpen arms last year, and Josh Spores, who's kind of, you know, hit and miss as far as uh, whether he's hot or cold, but he's definitely been cold lately. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, in these blowout games, a catcher comes in, sometimes the batters are taking it kind of easy, everybody's ready to go home. He's got a zero ERA because he pitched two innings, right? Wrong. He has a 675 ERA, which is pretty good for a catcher. You do not want to have six prominent pitchers on your team with a worse ERA than your fourth string catcher when that ERA is 675. The pitching has been atrocious in Texas lately. It's not great. You know, until Texas proves otherwise, you got to you got to think that the Blue Jays are going to take advantage of this one, put some distance between themselves and the Rangers. But, you know, baseball's baseball. It turns on a dime. You never know. You know, it seems like we come down to the last game of the year. Some race is, devi- is uh, decided by one game two games, something really tight. And you start to look back at where, where were the like difference points that just the def- uh, uh, inflection points in the season where we could have stolen a game. And you know what? The blue Jays are going to look at Sunday as a game they stole because they were facing Cole Reagans, who's been fantastic for the Royals since coming over in the uh, role of the Chapman trade from the Rangers. And do you see what happened, Levi? I did not. So in this one, Reagans is dealing, gets into the, I think it was a seventh inning, um, shutting out the Blue Jays, and he gets a fly out, a strikeout, so he gets two outs here. I'm looking at the play-by-play. Vlad Guerrero Jr. walks, Davis Schneider walks, and then we get three consecutive wild pitches, and these weren't even close. The first one, he airmails it 
to like top of the top of the netting and he falls over while doing it. Second one, he throws it about mm, head height on the catcher. Again, gets past the catcher. Third one, same deal. Falls over as he's as he's like planting his foot, air mails it to the backstop. Two runs score. They tie it up. And the Blue Jays end up running away with this one too. Uh, or not even running away. It's a, it's a 5-2 loss. But he gets pulled after that third wild pitch. Uh, Alejandro Kirk walks on that one. He's seen all the wild pitches. And uh, I haven't seen anything post-game. Was he injured? Anything like that. But uh, that's how the Blue Jays came away with a win on Sunday. The joke answer was, ha ha, trade me, Rangers. I'll show you. The real answer is, I hope he's not injured. Because that, that seems, when you start seeing that, that's usually an indication that something's wrong. Best of luck to Cole Riggins. Yeah, the guy who's dealt with a ton of injuries. You don't want to see that two-time Tommy John guy have any more setbacks. Um, but again, so far I haven't heard anything of the sort. Uh, the other series I want to shout out before we move on quickly, uh, Tampa Bay has a big series here uh, against Minnesota. Tampa Bay three back at the Orioles for a first place and a wild card bye. That's kind of why that one's important. All right, Levi, moving on to the on-deck arcade. Got a lot to run through, so it was a spicy week in the arcade. So the arms race results, uh, we each picked a starter, go head-to-head, grab the game score 2.0, which combines a lot of different factors of what makes a good baseball pitching uh, outing, and uh, puts them into one tidy stat. So you picked Andrew Abbott of the Cincinnati uh, Reds, the rookie, against the Cardinals. He went four innings, four hits, six runs, one homer, three walks, three strikeouts for a 30-game score, put 2.0. Just a a reminder, if you are not a regular listener, game score 2.0 basically starts at 40. They give you 40 for just kind of getting off the mat and throwing your first pitch. And so he gets a 30. So he went backward. Uh, I picked Spencer Strider. So a layup for me. Strider against the Pirates. Um, I even I even said, if he doesn't go on Sunday, can you maybe give me a Charlie Morton mulligan? Well, the good news for you is that neither of them started. <laughs> I did not have a pitcher throw a ball this weekend. Spencer Strider was sick. They pushed him to Wednesday and had Alan Winans go on Sunday. And Charlie Morton, they decided to push him to Monday. So I'm going to take a big old zero here, Levi. Wait, so do you not get credit for Strider's start on Wednesday then? No, it's not on the weekend. This arms race is a weekend game. Okay. The other reason is I'm down 14 to 4 now, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just going to take a zero okay. for the, so the Spencer Strider the win, game. That's with a Andrew shame. Abbott going That's out and shame. just completely throwing a garbage outing. Got it. I'll take it. A win's a win. I could have picked like a reliever who threw one pitch, you know, I should have, I've never thought of doing that, but that really would have been an idea. Okay. Moving on to the Homer chase. Again, this is our cumulative total across the season. We pick a guy, have him for a week, see how many homers he gets us and add it all to the, to the bucket. You picked Julio Rodriguez. I picked Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez gave me one and Julio Rodriguez gave you five Levi. Big, That's big a new record for, for me. J-Rod. Yeah. Biggest week. I think we've had all season. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to look this up. Did either of us have a week that big so far? You started the season with Luis, Luis Robert had four. Robert had four. No, it's Robert, sorry. He had four, and then Christian Walker gave you four. I've never gotten more yep. than three in a so week. So this is a new record. New record five. In a, wow. New record for the pod. We'll be sending him something special for his his work. Levi, you just took the lead, 27 to 26. So this is really coming down. Unlike, unlike arms race, this is only to keep, keep track of as it going on the stretch. So because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take first pick. And this name is fresh on the top of my head for this coming week. I'm taking Luis Robert. I had to get the White Sox off the list at this at some point. And he's pretty good matchups here. He's at home against the Royals and at home against the Twins. Twins have a good good rotation, but maybe 
maybe I can steal a homer here or there. He has 35 homers, none in September, but to be honest, there aren't a whole lot of options left on my list of teams that I haven't picked yet. So Luis Robert is going to give me mm, maybe another four. Okay, uh, it'll be above the Battle of Chicago then, because I haven't picked a Cubs player yet. They are in Colorado for the first half of the week, so give me Cody Bellinger. Let's see what he does. Three games in Colorado, he's got then three in Arizona, which Arizona's got pretty good pitching, so maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll see about it. But yeah, Cody Bellinger, that's my pick for this week. Yeah, it's two nice parks. I, I feel pretty good about that for you. All right, let's see how that one goes. Time for us to hit the exits. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Brian for producing today's show. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Great time to sign up for The Athletic. Summer sale ongoing. Subscribe to The Athletic for $1 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. That sale will be over very soon. Sign up for The Windup, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, Starkville, Jason Stark and Doug Glanville. We'll have uh, Blue Jays broadcasters Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez on as guests. You're not going to want to miss that one. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. Go Lions. We'll be back on Thursday with more of What's on Deck. Bye.